fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. All right, welcome everyone to the Geek Remix Podcast, Episode 4. I'm Stacy, And I'm Mari. Yes, Mari is feeling kind of sick this week, but we're going to muscle through it. Yes, we got to deliver the content because yes. there's no sick so, days on YouTube podcasting. Tell them where you get your medical advice from. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't feeling good and my sinuses were all stuffed up and... um. So I put the humidifier on me, and then I got a clear diet soda, and I drink some, and it makes it, like, drain out. I don't know why it happens, but I got it from the song, Chicken Noodle Soup, Chicken Noodle Soup, Chicken Noodle Soup, with a soda on the side, and let it rain, and oh let God. it rain. Like, I remember hearing that music video, I mean, hearing that song on the radio, and I was yeah. kind of sick, and I was like, I wonder if that actually, like, helps. And yeah. so I did it, and I was like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. <laughs> oh, my God, it works. I always just hop in the shower. That's what I like to do. That works, too, but. Because then you can, like, blow your nose in your hands. And yeah. And it's, like, you can really, like, get everything out, and it's, like, not gross. Well, it is, but it's very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it's very satisfying. <laughs> Anyways, welcome. <laughs> um, so a couple news items. Uh, and okay, so the first one I had found was that Blizzard is currently evaluating mobile games for their next strategy. So uh, they had acquired that. Well, they acquired King, which is like a mobile game developer, but they're uh, ruling out virtual reality for now. And I think that that's basically just until people can like until virtual reality is like a proven thing. They're like, yeah, you guys have fun, like, working out all the kinks. We're just going to wait until the technology catches up. Yeah, but I, don't, um, I just, I'm not a big fan of the state of mobile gaming right now. It's not very um, in-depth. Well, that's not fair to say because there are actually a lot of really good mobile games. It's just that the really popular ones are so... They're, well, know. they're like junk food for your brain. Yeah, th- I guess I would say that. I kind I just said I kind of wish there was a mobile game that was on the same level of complexity as like Harvest Moon, but it not Farmville. Yeah, like, you can just well, turn on your phone and open up your Harvest Moon app. Isn't Nintendo getting into mobile games? Yeah, they're gonna have the Pokemon Go, which is basically gonna make me super active because I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna, I got, I gotta go for a jog. There's a Pokemon out there, like. <laughs> I know that, um, like, if, like, say if Blizzard was to introduce something to the, something like StarCraft, but in the vein of, like, Clash of Clans, my, my life would just, like, cease to exist. It would just end. Because the only reason I'm not still playing boatloads of StarCraft is because I don't have a PC to play StarCraft, but I just used to waste so much time playing that game. And it, like, so when I was reading the article about Blizzard, like, something that concerned me is they were, like, concerned me for myself is they were, like, yeah, people don't need to, like, sit down and play 45-minute missions anymore. 
So we want to make it like make their current franchises more mobile friendly. And I was like, oh my God, does this mean that I would be able to play StarCraft on my phone? Like, oh dear God. <laughs> Wait, they want to make the, the missions on... There's so like, like a normal mission in some of like the real-time strategy games will be like 45 minutes long. But if they were going to go to like a mobile game, they wouldn't want them to be that long because most people sit and play a mobile game for like five or ten minutes while they're fucking around. You know? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I know that you're envisioning a utopia of phone StarCraft. But, no, but no, I'm, that's not a utopia. Well, I'm being sarcastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where in which that in which you are forever with Sarah Kerrigan, no matter where you are, <laughs> like just anytime you want to, you open up your phone and you're like, ah, here she is, <sighs> here she is. But in my mind, it feels a little bit more like it's going to be like Dungeon Keeper mobile where yeah. it was something great and now it's like, uh, I'm not so sure about that. But then again, well, Blizzard doesn't really, they don't deliver subpar uh, yeah. stuff. Blizzard doesn't fuck around. Well, they have a lot of bullshit microtransactions, but when they do it, at least they try really hard to make the game still fun. So Yeah. Like, if you count Blizzard with King, like, the company that they acquired, like, they're second overall in gaming um, revenue, I guess. So if, I mean, it makes sense that now that they have King who develops mobile games that they would kind of be like, hey, how can we make the rest of our franchises mobile friendly? I just hope that you... they don't go 100% mobile friendly and forget about having more, I don't want to say hardcore, but more uh, in-depth experiences for their fans, you know? Yeah, I I don't think they will just because so much of their fan base is not. <laughs> but I think... Well, I think that usually when people look at look to mobile, it means that they're looking to get more gamers, like that they don't already have. Yeah. Because I I was like looking at a bunch of kids and none of them have like Nintendo DSs or anything. They all have their tablets and they all play like really doopity doop like Angry Birds and stuff. And I'm like, "No, there's no complexity to this. There's no one to get attached to. What are you guys yeah. doing?" Someone needs to give you a game that actually, like, makes you feel something. Which is well, I, but I feel like a lot of what makes mobile games so popular is that people will pull them out and just, like, play them while they're wasting time. Yeah, you but know? that's what made the Game Boy so popular, too. It's just, But the Game Boy had, like, Pokemon and stuff. I just want, I want, like, something like Undertale to go to mobile. I feel like that would be a really good mobile game. I don't know how they would make it work, but... If, well, mobile, I mean, you could bring Undertale to, like, the 3DS. Uh, they're, they're going to bring uh, Undertale to the Wii U, but I really think it would do really great on, like, a tablet. Yeah. Or on the phone. I think it would just be a really good thing if they, like, altered the save states a little. So. That's one of those games that it's, like, I, like, I want to play it, but every time, every time I, like, psych myself up to be, like, yeah, like, I'm gonna play it. Then I hear something about it, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if that's something that I could play and, like, enjoy. I, I don't know what you're hearing that, like, that you don't like. I'm not sure Bullet what it hell. is. 
Huh? Bullet hell. Oh, don't worry about that, honestly. Oh, don't worry, Stacy. You're really bad at it, but don't uh, worry Stacey, about I'm it. Stacy, I'm really bad at it too, and it doesn't get too bullet helly. And don't worry, it's not that ridiculous. It's okay. Yeah. And the game is really forgiving about failing. Like, really forgiving. <laughs> I, that's good. I always appreciate that. <laughs> oh, look, you died again. It's okay. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing to die sometimes. Yeah. Well, I guess that's good. Okay. No more spoilers about that for the moment. I want her to play um, it so badly. Uh, what? <laughs> I want her, I want Stacy to play it so badly. I know. It's just like... It's one of those things I just, I have to just, you know, sit down and do it sometime. In other news, SoFlo Antonio is getting a lot of shit for what people are calling freebooting. And in case you don't know what freebooting is, it's when somebody takes someone else's video and uploads it to Facebook. <sighs> Ooh, I just burped, sorry. And they get millions of views and they don't give credit and they don't get any licensing from the original creator. So, Ew. Yeah, so SoFlo Antonio has been basically making a career off of taking other people's videos, and all he does is goes, I'm not going to lie. This is literally me when I'm driving, and then somebody else's entire video, and then at the end being like, that was so funny. Wow. <laughs> he doesn't what give credit. Asshole. He doesn't give links back. He doesn't ask permission. And so now all these YouTubers, like H3H3 Productions and, like, these two other guys that I was watching who I thought were really funny, um, they made fun of him and called him out on his bullshit. And then yeah. he threatened them with, like, a bunch of... With what? With like, He threatened them with a bunch of, like, legalese. And they were like, no, you're full of shit. And he's like, well, I'm going to take down your channel. I know all these people. Blah, 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 blah. Except that... Ugh. One of the guys has way more subscribers than him, and he's like, no, you're full of shit. And the other two were like, yeah, you are full of shit. And he threatened to sue them and all this stuff, and it was basically a bunch of lies, because usually with, like, a multi-channel network or a larger channel, they'll just intimidate a smaller channel because the channel yeah. doesn't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then they'll just do it. But these channels were like, no, we're not going to take our videos down for calling you out for exactly what you did. Yeah. And, like, stealing and shit. So... I don't understand, like, what he thinks... He, what grounds he thinks he has. He, do, he doesn't think he has any <laughs> grounds. He just uses intimidation tactics, and he wasn't ready for people to call his bluff. Yeah. What an asshole. Yeah, he's a huge asshole. And all these pe <laughs> He was like... <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, well, they steal videos, too. And the thing is, though, they're all, like, those type of people who take other YouTube videos and, like, rip them apart. But they keep it in clips only show small parts of it and stuff like that because they're reaction channels but they're not the type of reaction channel where they just play the whole video and just yeah. sit there and watch it no they'll play it pause it crop it do a skit about it like talk about it like run around and do things make jokes so it's a transformative yeah, I, work i feel like a lot of people aren't really understanding what the difference is between transformative work and just playing the whole video <laughs> yeah i don't they're just you know? being a lot of people were like i don't make that much money from reaction videos i saw people say this i looked at how many views they get 
and one guy had like three million views another guy had like 30 million views and they're like oh we don't we don't make nearly as much money as you guys think we do and i'm sitting there like i know how much money that translates to but that's a lot i mean but that's not like that's not really the point they the thing is that they were lying about a lot of things and they're making it is the point because they're making a lot of money off of downloading somebody else's content playing it in full on oh, their wait, channel. Oh wait, you're talking about that 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 the Soflo guy was saying that? No, no, the other the, reaction the other channels? channels. Oh. Soflo just takes the entire video. He doesn't even like pretend to react. He just takes it. Yeah. Um I don't know. The whole the whole like money conversation with let's players and YouTubers and everything, it makes me just like really mad because I feel like sometimes people try to judge for themselves like what they think is an appropriate amount of money for different people to make oh no there's just whenever somebody's like um you know youtuber should make any money and i'm like right okay so you just want because you're getting free content unless you're somebody who wants to support us which is awesome but we also like to I hate begging for money, so I I really like that we have sponsorships now because... Because then people get something be, from yeah, it. Yeah, because you get something by getting a different product for yourself, and we just happen to get money because of that. Yeah. Which I prefer to than, you know, begging, which is fine if, like, people want to do it. I just have my own issues with that, you know? Yeah, well, because then you get into this whole thing in your head, like, do I feel like I deserve this money, you know? Yeah, that's a, yeah. a lot of the time where I feel like, oh, man, I really got to make sure I feel like I deserve this money, otherwise I'm a huge asshole. So it's mm-hmm. very... But anyway, a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people, but I think some people will say, like, oh, no, YouTuber should make any money, and I'm like, that's not true. I don't feel yeah. that's true. Well, I mean, remember what happened when people found out how much money PewDiePie was making and some people got like really pissy about it and it's kind of like, okay, I mean, yes, he makes a lot of money, but at the same time, like, who are you to judge how much money a person should be making? And it's not costing them anything. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, like he's earning that money from other things. It's not like fans are giving him that money no all the money he gets from fans he donates to charity yeah so i don't know did that just like it uh i don't know i wish that people could see that there is no there is no like right amount for somebody to be making off their content unless they're doing something like not transformative work or something like that where they're stealing content from other people that's obviously wrong speaking of but stealing content oh wait finish what you're oh saying. yeah we have been getting quite a few copyright claims not not copyright uh strikes claims so what that means is somebody else gets money for their revenue on our videos yeah and i'm like it keeps happening that managed gaming channels upload gaming footage to their network's automated claim system. Oh, God. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And 
remember that whole thing with Channel Frederator where I was like called them out super hard and then they were like, yeah, um, no, it was a mistake. And I was like, the timeline you're giving me is basically it happened and then nothing, nobody said any, like nobody important said anything. So you didn't do anything. And then two weeks went by and then I threw a shit fit and suddenly it was fixed overnight. No, suddenly, not only was suddenly it fixed, but suddenly they were pissed at you for even like you know, throwing a fit about it. Well, when the only reason, the only way it could have gotten it done was by throwing a fit. Like, everyone's I know. like, Mari, why are you so bitchy? Why are you such an asshole? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, because I have to be. I have to be a huge bitch to all of these big companies. Otherwise, they don't give a shit. Like, yeah, I have to be so aggressive because I sent them an email and I sent them an, another email like, from the only email that's available on their contact page. I was like, okay. And so then I made a Tumblr post being like, this has affected probably thousands of videos. They put content that doesn't belong to them into their automated claim system. And mistake or not, it's a very convenient and profitable mistake that they have not their own content in their automated claim system. Mm-hmm. And they came back to me like, you totally misrepresented us. It didn't hit thousands of videos it only hit a few hundred and i'm like that doesn't matter but that's a few hundred channels whose revenue you're taking yeah even if it's a small amount like that's not the point the point is that you're taking other people's money and they're like well it was a mistake it's not like we did it on purpose and i was like you did the mistake twice and it took you a really long time to fix it until i said something because it was happening to a bunch of lot smaller channels and i was seeing it happen and this problem wasn't getting fixed until I was like, what the fuck is this? And went to Don't Nod and said, you know that they're stealing your content, right? And they were like, why would they do that? And I'm like, they probably accidentally uploaded it to their copyright system. And it made them look like assholes to everybody. And they got mad at me for saying what they did. Yeah. This guy sent a really long asshole letter to Stacy. Yeah, doesn't I even that. put the effort in to send it to the right person, which really shows you what a great company they are. Well, and he included it as a submission, which means that I can't respond to it. Like he submitted it, not an ask, you know, like where somebody sends you an ask and so then you can post it with your own response to it. Like, I don't know if they just didn't know how to use Tumblr, but they submitted this letter. And so for me to do anything about it, I had to like post the letter as is. And then respond to it. And I was like, what are you guys doing? It's like, oh, I believe that you meant to send this to Mari and not me. You're an idiot. Like, you didn't say that, but the shade but, is happening. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and also, why would they send it to me on Tumblr instead of going through the email address that's on our YouTube channel? I just like. I don't know. I don't because know. they. <sighs> And he was like, well, can you show me the email that you sent me? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, I sent it to the only contact information that you have on your website, a.k.a. your website Tumblr page. So yeah. if your website Tumblr page is your Tumblr shit, you should know how Tumblr works. It's ridiculous. Seriously. And yeah. it was just acting as if, like, I was the asshole for exaggerating what they did. Like, the only exaggeration I had was that I said, Probably thousands of videos when really it was hundreds of videos. Like, oh, only hundreds. Only hundreds of videos. And like, um, and it wasn't getting that much revenue. I was like, yeah, but you were skimming off the top. That's the problem. Because yeah. you can skim off the top 
from a bunch of tiny channels and make money. Yeah. Because if you take, even if it was just like, you know, $2 a channel, it's like 500 channels. That's a $1,000. Exactly. Of money that's not yours. And I don't know if, like, it probably wasn't on purpose or whatever. But the problem is that they didn't give a shit to fix it until I was yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And right now we have two claims from a place called, give me a second. <laughs> I am stalling. This is like the, the grievances section of the podcast where we, we bitch about how awful some of these people are. Um, let's see. I put it under a special. Ooh, it's got, they've got their own special folder now. Well, yeah, I usually keep them for special folders in case I need them. Yeah. I think it's just, it's amazing that these people can, I mean, I feel like everybody should be well aware by now. Maybe if people aren't a YouTuber, they don't know, but the YouTube claims system is absolute shit. It is just, a lot of it is automated, and... Ah, I found them. Oh, go ahead. So we got two automated claims from Stage 4 Motorsport Channel Media Plus Media Pulse Network, P-U-L-S, which I don't even know what that is. What the hell? I've never even heard of that. (sighs) Great. I guarantee you this is a bullshit one. Yep, it is. Oh, thanks, Media Pulse Network. Subscribers 5,000 and 5, blah, 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 5,000 whatevers. Let's get clicking on your video. Let's let's see what you got. Oh, look, it's, what? (laughs) What the fuck is this? Why do you have this in your shit? It doesn't belong to you. People keep doing this. Managed channels for networks keep uploading gaming footage to their claim system and then I have to deal with it and I have to get in everyone's faces and be a huge bitch and then everyone's like guy Mari you're such a huge bitch and I'm like well fix your shit yeah and I know people think that this is like an overreaction but some of these people they really do not take you seriously until you get shitty with them they don't if you just like, send nice emails about it, they won't listen. And the reason that we know that is because when smaller channels will try to combat claims like this, nothing will be done about it and they'll just ignore it. And then the smaller channel just has to be like, oh, well, I guess I just lose out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the only reason sometimes they listen to us is one, because we get shitty and two, because we have more subscribers. So more like a bigger platform, basically. Yeah. It, it really bothers me that this the way the system works. Oh, and also the video I made that is definitely a transformative work for the Amethyst Easter egg video where oh, I yeah. manipulate the footage, turn it backwards and do a bunch of stuff. It got a lot of video. It got a lot of views and it was manually claimed. That means somebody wow. was looking up popular videos on Steven Universe, mm-hmm. saw it and manually claimed it. I hope you caused a fuss about that one, too. Well, I disputed it, and they better give it back to me. 
I don't have anyone to yell at on the internet because it was it was done by the like parent company. Ah. But it's de- it it's for sure a transformative work. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, like that's not it's not the same footage that is on the show. Yeah, and I. It's kind of like the definition of transformative work. Like I, I literally transformed it into something new <laughs> because it was finding an Easter egg that was hidden in the audio backwards. So mm-hmm. that's bringing a new meaning to the work. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. Um, in other news, as, as long as you're good. Yeah. Okay. Got that out of the system. <laughs> Um, in other news, Destiny is launching additional content this year and a full-fledged sequel in 2017. Um, a sequel? Why don't they just make <laughs> make Destiny good? Why? Who's going to want right? to buy Destiny 2 if Destiny 1 doesn't make any fucking sense? Yeah, well, you know that a lot of people play it and a lot of people seem to enjoy it. A lot of people seem to play it but also hate hate that they're playing it, which seems like a weird game. Oh, Mari, did I ever tell you about I can't remember if you were the person. I don't think you were the person that showed this to me, but there's a Tumblr that is devoted to people who write nasty reviews about games but who have played like hundreds of hours of those games. I saw one of those for um <laughs> Like uh, something Overdrive where it was like the space trucking one, and it was like ignore the fact that I have ninety hours on this game. I have to say, don't get it. The first thirty hours of the game is are really awesome, but after that, it's not that great. I'm like, dude, you played it for thirty hours though, loving it. Like he's the best. The first thirty hours were amazing. Yeah. Like, well, then you just ran out of shit to do (laughs) in the game. I know. The best ones are where it's people who played the game for literally like 500 or 1,000 hours. I'm not kidding. Like there's some of them on there where people have played the game for like hundreds of hours and they're just like, this game is horrible, but I can't stop playing it. It's just, like there's just so much like self-hatred in the review. <laughs> I just, oh God. Those reviews for Gemini... I don't understand why the people on there love it so much. Well, but that's okay because you know that some people bought it from our playthrough and liked it, right? Well, the people, every, everyone I saw, they were like, I bought it and it sucked. And I'm like, I am so sorry. Yeah. Well, no, there were some people that ended up liking it, though. But then so. I just don't understand. Like, there's people, like, actively, like, it's, it seems suspicious to me. That's what it is. That this game that's just okay has people like responding to negative reviews, fan fanning over it really hard. Oh. And I'm like, I don't know what it is that's going on, but it seems strange that this very average game yeah. has all these accounts giving it really good reviews and then having well, people like arguing with negative reviews mari this is like another case of ashley and until dawn all over again what do you mean this is like a case of something that's pretty mediocre but people get really attached to it and like yeah why do people like ashley so much i don't know (laughs) like every single other character in the game is like pretty like 
it's not even like okay well there's that one thing where it's like i don't understand how you can love someone so bland and the only exciting part about them is that they will, will kill you the second they have the chance yeah <laughs> i don't understand and if people the weird thing is is that if people liked her for that reason like if people were like yeah like i agree with that and i i'm down with it then i would understand because that's like a part of her character Kind of like when we love Emily for just being a total bitch to other people. Yeah. That's part of her character and you can fall in love with it. But most of the people that liked Ashley were just like in denial about it. Yeah. They seemed to like somebody who was not her at all. (laughs) I know. I was like, I don't know who you're talking about, but that's definitely not (laughs) Ashley. (laughs) She's so sweet and innocent and blah, blah, blah. Like, ah, I don't know. Who it is? Are we talking about the same person? Yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? Who, who are you? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so recently, Ubisoft decided that they're not going. They're going to skip 2016 for an Assassin's Creed game. Thank God. I know, and but one of the funny parts was that when they, so they were going over, um syndicate and how it kind of, even though it had like positive reviews it kind of had a slower launch than anticipated well yeah that's and, what happens when you burn out your fan approval well but also ubisoft completely ignored the fact all the problems with unity and they were like oh no it was due to the competitive market not the fact that we made a game that was like so broken that people's faces came off and and also that even- it was too difficult to make a woman in aka that means you made a financial decision to not include women because you wanted to make a game so fucking fast. Yeah. They made, they pretty much made a whole bunch of excuses that pointed the finger everywhere else but their own decisions. Like, didn't take into account the fact that they've been pushing out too many games, that they didn't make a female character, that the game itself was broken. Nope. In Syndicate, None of those they were. had anything to do with it. In Syndicate, they were overplaying the fact that you could play as a woman and it wasn't even that great like i was watching some videos and i was like okay like you're not the like the best at representation at all yeah like calm down calm down she's okay and she doesn't show up in cutscenes. so i don't know what you're trying to brag about or if you're trying to make up for the fact that you said something really stupid yeah i think they were just compensating there it's just like, calm down. You didn't do a good job. Stop stop trying to tell yourself you did. You, you just didn't. You didn't. It's okay. Just the end. You just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. A Russian scientist is hosting the Pirate Bay for academic articles. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he has all these like <laughs> weird proxies to get into these universities libraries and stuff so that anybody can get any academic journal like in the world for free it's the pirate bay of academic journals so oh man now anybody can get it and they're being sued for a lot of like hundreds of thousands of dollars and stuff for like lost money Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to on one side, like, a lot of professors and stuff work really hard on their papers, and they deserve to get paid. And on the other side, I'm like, well, there's a lot of people in a lot of different countries who don't have access to education and 
or like the educational facilities that they have don't have the money to support having access to get to the journalistic things, you know? Well, and also one of the big arguments for releasing information like that is because scientists in different countries will discover different things, but because they're siloed, like they keep all their research either within the country or even sometimes within a university because they want to get paid for it. And so we actually end up, like science ends up not progressing as much as it could because nobody wants to work together. I feel like there's like honor amongst professors though. Because, no, 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 no. I feel like there's honor amongst professors in terms of if I can afford it, I'll buy it. But if I can't afford it, I won't. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I saw an interesting statistic the other day about how many scientists and academics will admit to uh, essentially flubbing data and things like that, like bat, like malpractice, like scientific malpractice, essentially. And a small percentage will actually admit to it, but a greater percentage, like something like 30%, say that their co-scientists and co-workers will do things like that. <laughs> yeah, and those are just the people that will actually admit to it. So, I don't know. It's it's tough. You wonder sometimes how it, it can be tough when um, they go into it thinking they're going to find one thing, and the data seems to support a different hypothesis, it may encourage them to lie about the data. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the reasons for that is because the ways that they get paid for grants and things is if they find what they thought they were going to find or if they at least find something. But if you go and collect all this data and you end up finding "Eh, nothing nothing surprising, then what are you going to do? You spent all this time and effort and you're not going to get paid for it just because you didn't find what you were looking for. Yeah, that so that, yeah, it, it 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 causes its own problems basically. Definitely. Um Twitch had Twitch released their kind of retrospective and showed that they at any one at any given moment they have over half a million people on average watching at the same time. That's that's a lot of people. And people actually watch more content per month on Twitch than they do on YouTube. It's about 421 minutes a month on Twitch versus 291 minutes per month on YouTube. I, I, I'm not trying to talk shit about Twitch, but I just gotta say it's a lot easier to stream to YouTube for me. And I'm not yeah. even trying to be, like, pro-corporate or anything. YouTube just has a higher bit rate, but the chat mm-hmm. tools suck and everything. But I can do higher quality streams there. And it's easier. I know that it differs for some people depending on the country they're in. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So... They were trying to brag that um, Twitch had way more streams for Fallout 4 than YouTube did. It just didn't seem like a very, uh... Yay? It just didn't seem like a very, uh, easy way to... To compare? Compare, yeah. I was like, okay, but... I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit about Twitch. Twitch is a solid platform. It just... 
you know, just shit talking, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I just, I think, I think it can be hard to, I know that they constantly try to draw comparisons between the two, but I think, I think they're just different. Yeah. I really do. I think that they're two different types of material and some some people really want like the audience interaction bit on Twitch. They want everything to be live and happening right away. And other people would rather watch something on their own schedule. Yeah. And something that's edited, something that is maybe condensed if it's like a really lengthy game or something like that. So Definitely. I know I personally prefer watching videos on YouTube, but... Yeah, but some people crave that interaction. I'm really bad at streaming. Like, oh, I'm, I, I can't, I can't, I try to look at the chat and talk to people, but it goes by really fast and I get nervous and... Yeah, I get really freaked out when I stream. I mean, it was, it was kind of fun, like, to do it a couple times, um, but I'm not sure if it's, like... Maybe I would just have to get accustomed to it. I don't know. It's hard to keep up talking with everyone. That's what the issue is. Yeah. Because I'm just, I, I'm not a, like, I know it seems like I talk a lot to Stacy, but that's because I'm with Stacy. Like, and talking to lots of people is difficult, which is yeah. why we try to talk to people via Twitter and everything as much as possible so to make up for that lack of interaction. You know. I saw an article that actually points out that introverts, such as us, are actually more adept at using social media than extroverts. Yes, because we've been training for it all our lives. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, they examined Twitter networks and found that people who are introverted tend to be better at Twitter networking than their extroverted peers and part of it is because introverts feel like much more comfortable in an environment where you can just like write things down and you know what Todd invited me to he was like I was like oh I can't sleep like just having one of those nights and he's like oh you want to join like our chat on this thing I was like oh okay I joined the chat and you can see it's it's called uh discord it's like this new thing. You can see on the right hand side, like everybody who's in the chat. And it's like, I'm looking at the names, and then I see like names of people who are really, really big YouTubers. <laughs> and like, you I'd know that Todd's out. like friends with everybody. And he's like, totally like, whatever. Like, I'm Todd. Like, I can do whatever yeah. I want because I'm a very relaxed human. And <laughs> he like didn't tell me that any of these people were in there. And I was just like, didn't say anything <laughs> oh my god just like staring I... <laughs> he didn't warn me <laughs> he's like just join this chat of my friends and i was like oh okay like it's gonna be a bunch of like gamers and i was like oh shit okay don't say vagina <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm one of those people that if i know that i'm gonna like stream or podcast with somebody basically that isn't you I spend like the half an hour leading up to it sweating and visiting the bathroom every five minutes and just like it's you know it's anxiety it can be really anxiety provoking I think that that's why I prefer YouTube videos because we do them together and I don't know no it just makes me I was nervous about the podcast with Laura the first time and then I got over it but 
Oh, well, good for you. Oh, you're not over it yet? You're still Star Trek? Star Trek? <laughs> no, no. I just, I get nervous that I'm going to say something dumb um, as per usual. Yeah, but that's okay. She can edit it. Whatever. Well, it, but then I realized that people tend to like it when we say dumb shit, so. People I guess love okay. it when we're humiliated or whatever. They love that shit. I gotta be tell embarrassing back. stories about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, as we were saying, people love it, love watching us suffer. Yes. <laughs> well, and they, they just love it when we say embarrassing shit. I think. Yeah, also, which makes me, honestly, it makes me feel better about being embarrassing because I'm like, oh, well, there's humor value in this, so I guess it's okay. They also love hearing us scream. Oh my god, why? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, What else? Let's see. Oh yeah, a uh, Florida legislator is proposing for kids to learn a coding language rather than a foreign language. To like to be able to choose instead of a foreign language a coding language because oh i mean you know that president obama is doing a whole bunch of stuff with computer science education right that's good that's great yeah but can you imagine like like in a in a public school or something where there's not a lot of opportunities that they taught a class on how to code like how many more opportunities there would be for somebody like that yeah i think I mean, I think that that's a great idea. I know that there's kind of a struggle in computer science between teaching, teaching like syntax and the language itself and teaching computer science theory. And that depending on the exact program you're in, like say if you're in like a college computer science program, some of the programs can get really heavy on the theory side and not enough about like, hey, this is what you're going to do when you're actually on the job. The professors get like carried that. away. Yeah, well, I mean, they do that at every school. It's like, you know, you go to, like, it's say if you're in, like, an English program, you're learning about all of this, like, history of, you know, different people who, you know, Shakespeare and all that stuff, and nobody actually sits there and tells you, okay, but this is what you're going to have to do to get a job once you get out of here. You're going to go work in sales. (laughs) (laughs) I think something like 10% of our country works in sales. Is that like, um... I don't know if that's like the number anymore, but it's, I mean, it's like, it's a significant percentage of the population, of the population that's working works in either sales or marketing. Oh, that's, that's pretty Because cool. if you think about it, every company has, has sales and marketing people. Not every company, but that's like a lot any of corp- a lot of them. That's like those are like two of the most common positions that you're gonna have. So, because everybody's always trying to sell something. Uh, what? Did, oh, I already talked about all the things I wanted to complain about. Do you have any other oh. things? Yeah. Okay. I have. Yeah. So. The number of successful video game kickstarters went down for the second year in a row. So this is kind of shitty because basically there were, last year, there were actually a hundred more video game Kickstarters than there were in 2014, but less of them were successful, meaning that the proportion of successful Kickstarters went down 
also. So there's more of them, but less and less of them are becoming successfully funded. No, that's so, kind of sad. Yeah, but the good news is is that the amount raised by those that were successful actually went up. Yeah, but so, I don't think that's very fair because a lot of the Kickstarters were, I think, large companies might be starting to abuse that because last year what's skewing that is that there were several huge, absolutely gigantic Kickstarters for established IPs for companies that were already going to be backed by a publisher. Yeah. So I don't think that's especially fair because I feel like that's... I mean, there are positives to for even an established... Uh, even established developers to use the Kickstarter route instead of going with a publisher. I just feel as if they're using it as like a way to show that people are interested and just to get some money. But to me, if it seems as if it might be taking away from the indie market where it's hard for indie games to compete with the large promises coming from a, a studio that already has a financial backing. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the good things with, uh, like, a firm, say, uh, Double Fine going with Kickstarter is that even if they could get, or, you know, the people who are going to make ukulele, for, for instance, which were the people who made Banjo-Kazooie, if you guys remember that game. So they raised uh, $3.3 million dollars for ukulele which is like a spiritual successor to banjo kazooie and one of the reasons i think that they want to do that is because they have more artistic freedom like a better timeline if you go with a publisher then they can kind of dampen the artistic process so it's not always just about the money sometimes it's about getting to create the game that you want to make and having the money to do it yeah and i mean people get like backers get kickstarter rewards as long as the game goes to fruition so sometimes the amount of money that those games make it's not even the amount that they asked for it's way more like some of those projects they'll ask for you know five hundred thousand dollars or whatever and they'll end up you know raising two million i am because so many people are interested in it you know i am so ready for psychonauts too I'm going to force us to do a let's play of it. I know that you probably don't want to. You're like, no, this game's old. I'm like, we're playing it. This is dumb. <laughs> All right, this game's well, old. It's not going to trend. I don't give a shit. We're playing it. <laughs> I can't wait for Ukulele to come out because Banjo-Kazooie was one of my favorite games growing up. So Yeah, you, you like stole my Xbox. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mari left me alone playing it, and I was just having so much fun because she has you have the disc where you can play all of the old games from them God, i'm remembering how sick i was Ugh. yeah you were pretty miserable when we were recording that well and then You're i like, made here stacy play the games and then i got <laughs> you sick got, anyway like the moral story is don't ever touch children yes. they don't know when they're sick but then they get you sick God. oh and then everybody is sick and it's just a horrible Dude, we were sick for like two weeks. Oh my god, it was so bad. It was so bad, you guys. We had to record, uh, I think, four separate days. 
when both of us were really ill. Yeah, because we had no backlog. Just, oh my god, it was the worst. I think I, I felt like I was dying. I was like, when will it end? It wasn't like, oh, we're really sick for like three days and then you start feeling better. No. It just was like really, really just sick for going. a very, very long time. Ugh. It was so bad. It wouldn't end. It was the worst thing. <laughs> Never going to hang um, out with a kid again. Ever. No, don't. <laughs> There's no point. <laughs> Stacy, um, so when a baby what? comes out of you, don't let it out of the house. Otherwise, they're not. They don't come out of you. Yeah, they do. You summon them from the underworld. Oh, right. That's only if you have special privileges, though. Hmm. How do we get these special privileges? I don't know. Oh, last uh, the other night, I watched Constantine. I forgot how awesome that movie is. <laughs> Speaking of oh, babies. My God. Speaking of demon babies. That movie was awesome. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. Oh my god, Stacey. Watch it tonight. I don't okay. care what you got to do tonight. You got to. <laughs> if you turn it on and you have your lap... It's like... You know how like you when you turn a movie on, you have a laptop or whatever? This is one of those movies where you close the laptop. Yeah. It's so yeah. dumb and awesome. Stars Keanu Reeves. I, I was going to say, I think it's it's Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, and he's like a demon hunter. And it also has, oh, wow. um, what's her face? A really good actress. It's great. Like, after, you'll be like, yeah, man. Wow, this is so good. We're going to get more of this shit. Like- <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so remember how we were talking about virtual reality earlier? Yeah. So sci-fi the sci-fi channel is making a scripted virtual reality tv series for the oculus rift uh i don't know okay so it's very stressful because you can like you're turning around looking at everybody i mean i don't know exactly how it would work it's so it's 15 total episodes and it's five and five of them are virtual reality only Mm mm-hmm and they have, they'll have like a short recap for those who can't tune in via the Oculus Rift. Mm-hmm. It's called Halcyon, and it would. Um, here's the synopsis. Okay, Halcyon is a police procedural series set in 2058 and focuses on a future world where vir- virtual reality is as ubiquitous as smartphones are today. The series follows Julie Dover, a detective in the Virtual Reality Crimes Unit, investigating the first real-life murder yeah, to take place in. within virtual reality, yeah. a crime that shouldn't even be possible, and the conspiracy she discovers behind yep, it. Yep, yep, Doesn't uh, that sound yeah, cool? Yeah. I saw a bunch of GIFs of their new, like, witch TV show, and I'm like, what is what show is this? It's like, from my gather from the GIFs, it's some sort of witch school. Like, if it, if the craft was Harry Potter. That's what it looks what? like. I don't know what it's oh my called, God. but it's like on the sci-fi channel, fabulous. and I'm like waiting for yeah. a time to not, definitely not, not, don't pirate it because I don't have cable. And and you're like, let me in, <laughs> let me into this fandom. I'm ready. <laughs> it literally looks like if the craft was Harry Potter. Like it looks like they're oh. at like witch school, but they're all dressed like craft characters. Oh my god, that sounds it's perfect. So, it looks awesome. We've been needing a new Harry Potter to come along. It's like a so. sexy girl Harry Potter. Or, Ooh. I don't know. It's just, like, they're all wearing, um... Like, school girl... They're all just wearing, like, if, if Tumblr witches were... Like, you ever, like, look up witches on Tumblr? <laughs> uh, that's, like, what a lot of my feed is, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
It's Tumblr witches. Tumblr witches. And they're all, like, talking about their crystals and stuff. I'm like, man, I wish, like, I could get into being a witch. But, like, basically, they made that a TV show. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm in. I love looking up witch on Tumblr or, like, witchcraft because it's always like, damn, they look so good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of my Tumblr feed is just, like, goths, witches, uh people wearing like fetish outfits and <laughs> just other funny shit you know what so, every time what? i'm in the library and i open up twitter it's always the person porn yeah no like all day i can open up, up twitter anytime but as soon <laughs> as i'm in public boom titties yeah. like it could be any other time of the day no titties and then the second, like, the, the microsecond, I'm in a place where someone else can see my phone or my computer, there's titties. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> why? <laughs> but why? I don't know. I think it's got to be, it's got to be, like, the law of the titties or something. That it will, there's air, does <laughs> Does, like, if there can be titties, there will be titties or something like do that? Do all the women who post nudes on Twitter, like, they're like, ah, it's uh, it's about school time. Time to start <laughs> posting nudes for all the kids in class not paying attention. Like, yep. That's gotta be it. I, that's gotta be it. <laughs> <sighs> or maybe, you know, your phone can always tell where you are. So maybe your phone just thinks that that's what you want to see. When you're at the library. Oh, she's at the library. I know what she's doing. I'm like, what? I know what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> Your phone has like some sort of rogue AI that's just like programmed to seek out porn when you're in public places. <laughs> she just hates me. My phone hates me. <laughs> and she's like, I thought I was helping. <laughs> so bad. Uh Speaking of porn, do you want to do book club? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, as you know, we are sponsored by Audible, which is where you can download audiobooks. Um, and since we are sponsored by them, we can offer you a free 30-day trial, which includes a free book. And we always like to recommend a couple of books for you guys to check out. The link to the trial is audibletrial.com slash geekremix. So the first one I wanted to recommend, I was telling Mari about this the other day. I'm just going to, like, put this out there. It's erotica. So if you are not interested in hearing really graphic sex, do not download this book. Okay? Don't. Don't come complaining to me that it's all about sex. So it's called The Warlord Wants Forever by Cressley Cole. It's part of the Immortals After Dark series. Is it only heterosex? I think that's I think that's something people are wanting well, to know. Well, if... It follows one couple. It's a cis hetero couple with a dominant male. And the reason I'm telling you that is because it is a fantasy. But if that's not like what your shtick is, then you probably wouldn't like it. I'm going to listen to the other parts and I'll let you know if uh, if they have like different combinations that come up. Oh, but ready. yeah, it's good. I'm ready. I would suggest buying it with dollars instead of using it for the free credit, though. Just because the book costs like, it's like under $10, which is usually the going like value of a credit. 
Um, but if you're interested in buying something with a credit, there's this book called Sin in the Second City, Madams, Ministers, Playboys, and the Battle for America's Soul by Karen Abbott. I had brought it up very briefly when Mari was talking about uh, Devil in the White City because they're kind of similar in the feel of the book. So this book is about the Everly sisters and their iconic brothel in Chicago where they kind of wanted to elevate the profession. So their girls saw tutors. They were fed really well. They had an on-site physician, like all sorts of stuff. And... um but they were like a bunch of reformers that kind of wanted to tear down the industry and everything. And so it's about, it's about that whole thing. Is there anything you've been reading this week? Um, not recently, but I wanted to recommend two books. One is a lot more lighthearted and one is a lot more serious. Cause last what last week I recommended a book about a serial killer. So, yeah. <laughs> Who, who murders women. So this one, these two are going to be a lot more female empowering. The first one is one of my favorite books from when I was a little girl called Ella Enchanted. And it's basically a, a longer retelling of the Cinderella story. But oh. it's a lot more complicated and there's more character development and there's more nuances to it. And uh, I just like this version of Cinderella the most of all the ones I've read except for Lunar Chronicles but yeah. it, it's a it's a very solid book but it's only five hours so I don't know if you think that's worth it for your one credit but another one I want to suggest is The Bone Dolls Twin which is the first book of the Tamir Triad and what The Bone Dolls Twin is about and I hope that a lot of people like this and I just want to let you know it doesn't like it doesn't feel what some people would call it as forced, but it's about a princess and it's in a kingdom. Well, actually, it's a queendom where <laughs> uh, inheritance goes from mother to daughter. So the mother, the queen's daughter, will always be. Oh, it's a matriarchy. Yeah, it's a matriarchy. And one day. One of the sons of the queen, you know, took over everything because the queen was being crazy and, like, really weird. So he killed every female member of the entire royal family except oh, for God. his sister. And his sister was going to give birth. But her husband knew that she was going to give birth to twins. And her husband knew that he had to protect. He was going to give up one of them. Like, one of them was going to die. So what he does is he makes, he hires a witch to make sure that the the son twin, the male twin, comes out without taking in a breath so that the soul never comes in so it was never alive. Okay. Just listen. And I'm only okay. giving, it, giving you guys the very first setup to the thing. Okay? And I'm, this all happens in the very first chapter. I'm just making sure you guys understand what this book is about. And then the female child comes out, and what they do is they make it so the female baby, who is heir to the throne and the true heir to the queendom and everything, because there's a curse on the land that says only the daughters of Latima can be queen. Otherwise, this land will go in shambles. So mm -hmm. they take the boy's 
the boy body and make her have that body. So she's a girl with a boy's body. Oh, yes. I remember you telling me about this book. And she grows up with a boy's body, believing that she's a boy, but she keeps having feelings about... Like, she keeps wanting to, like, play... Like, when she wants wanted to play with dolls, she sees her father look at her, and she feels, like, really ashamed because she wanted to play with the dolls. She has, like, a lot of, like, gender anxiety because she has yeah, a boy's yeah. body, and she doesn't know that she's, like, a girl underneath. She genuinely thinks that she's born a boy and is a boy, but, like, has all these feelings that she doesn't understand. Yeah. And... It's like there's a lot else there's a lot 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 else going on like it's not just about that there's like a whole like political thing and it's like the author of this just wanted to be like I wanted to write a really cool story but also dive into like a bunch of issues that people deal with but still have like an amazing story like she's a really good writer and she's a very popular writer it's been like by Lynn Flewelling Flewelling shit (laughs) okay but i'm just saying like she's a really good writer she's really good at building worlds and there's like a whole lot of lore going on besides this so it's like a Mm -hmm. really well written what i would say trans woman character because eventually she's gonna grow up and she has to uh become a woman again oh yeah and she has to deal with these feelings and she falls in love with her best friend who is a boy and she's like am i gay and like, like her what's men- going on this is confusing what's going yeah. on this is confusing and um her mentor is like you know it's okay to be gay like some guys are just like that because she had a lot of anxiety about it there's a lot else going on besides this but i'm just saying you know i think this is a really well-written book excellent yeah so so if you are interested in any of those or any of the other ones that we've recommended before you can go to audibletrial.com slash geek remix and get one for free yeah um so something interesting that i saw that i thought i would read to you you may have seen this it's um the developer for firewatch um responded to a refund request Did you hear about this? No, I want to hear it. Okay. So, hold on. Let me just... Is it juicy? Is this like some mega juice? No. This is actually like... It's better than that. Mm. It's it's super classy and... Oh, is it it a classy burn where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they look really good, but they're also like... No, it just like... It makes you feel really good about indie games and it kind of explains why it's so important to support them. Damn it! I wanted juice, Stacey. (laughs) I don't care. So about this was actually. Go ahead. I saw this posted by uh, Patricia Hernandez. So, um, all right. So basically, somebody had written on the Firewatch forums. They were like, "Hey, like this game was eighteen dollars, and I purchased it because I really enjoy games like this, and it was awesome. But it was only like two to three hours long. What? So I'm having really mixed. Yeah, I don't know how they played it that quickly, <laughs> but whatever." Um, and they were like, I'm really torn because I love this game, but you know, $18 seems like a lot. So should I refund this or hold on to it? And, you know, a bunch of people responded and they're, you know, kind of going one way or the other. And then one of the developers responded 
And I'm going to read you the whole thing because it's really important, I think. Um, but it is a bit long. So it says, hey there. I thought about not responding because normally people who want to refund are rude and unpleasant and I choose not to not engage and dwell on it. But you seem nice and I figured what the heck. Why not have a conversation about this now that I have read it and it's right here in front of me. So here's what I think as the developer. Sorry if it's a bit of stream of consciousness because I want this to come from the heart. The 11 of us all took a lot of risk to make this and sacrificed financially to give Firewatch a chance. We all could have had much better paying jobs elsewhere, but we all thought this game idea had potential to become something special. We seemed to like each other okay, so we all took a big leap of faith. Two years, we say. Let's give this a go. Worst outcome is we all hate each other and go back to various money jobs, but we could all say we tried. Two, pl two years plus. We are all crammed into a tiny office, sharing one bathroom. It is not a glamorous thing making an independent game. It is just a small room full of computers and a used microwave and $10 office chairs we got from Craigslist. Life happened during those two years. There were big breakups, profound illnesses because of love, of loved ones, a baby, etc. The dev team got to be like family because that's how making an indie game is. You are all in it together through thick and thin, supporting one another because if you don't, there is no way in hell this game would get made, let alone any chance of it being worth a bucket of love. We were excited but terrified. We felt free but were constrained. I have been in this industry for 15 years almost and this is the hardest thing I have ever worked on. We all gave it our all to make this weird thing and we had no idea if it was going to be any good to any, anyone else. All we could do was try the damn hardest to make something that we are honestly proud of. At the end, if this was a commercial failure, all we have got is what we have made. Nobody could take that away. So yes, I am sad when people think that this game is not worth the money we asked for, which we thought was a fair ask. It makes me feel like I failed them. It is okay if people don't like the game, but it affects me personally a lot when people feel like it was not worth the time they engaged with it. But do I blame you for wanting to get the most out of your $18? No. I don't know your financial circumstances. $18 might be a lot. Or even if it isn't a lot, why shouldn't you try to get the most out of it? That's a fair desire. That's why we asked for $18 too, because money is something we could all use more of. So I suppose in conclusion, if you do refund, I am not upset. It's on me to learn not to care too much. All I ask is that maybe sometime in the future, when the game goes on mega dirt cheap sale, you could gift the experience to someone else you think would enjoy it like you did. Sincerely, Jane. Aww. I know, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that, like, indie studios are not, like, AAA studios. And AAA studios suck, too. Like, making yeah. games is probably Hard. one of the hardest medias to make. Yeah. And to make them really... I mean, we're given a lot of options with games, and I feel like sometimes people don't... Uh, they don't understand how much effort goes into it. Like, that's 11 people for over two years. Do you know how much money that is to give each of them just, like, a living wage? Yeah. I'm really glad it's doing so well then. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to read the whole thing is because I think that the game has gotten a lot of support recently, at least from our fans, and that makes me feel really good because, It just makes me really know. sad because nobody's played Oxenfree now. Yeah. Well, you guys should go play Oxen Free too. Exactly, <laughs> it's really good, and nobody's giving it. it. It's like, do it's like what it's due. Yeah. 
It is really good. We just uh, recorded a spoiler cast with Laura K. Buzz about that, actually. So you guys will get to hear that hopefully sometime. It might already be out. Who knows? <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad it's like the face of games is changing a lot. Because something like Firewatch just would not have happened five years ago. Yeah, definitely. It just would not have happened. <sighs> so... On an ending note, support indie devs because they rock and they're going, they go out on a big limb, taking a big risk to make games like that, you know? Yeah. They took a big risk by giving an ending that they knew was good, but no, they knew that not a lot of people would like. Yeah. I feel like sometimes going with the artistic ending that might not satisfy everybody can be a really risky choice. It was a good choice to never see Delilah, I think. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that would have changed a lot of people's perspective of her. Well, it just wasn't who whole... she was, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I imagine the game, and I'm just like, I would never see her. So. No, she would always leave. Yeah. I mean, if she's willing to be like, I don't know, should I tell them about the dead body? It's like, why do you still want to date her after she says that? I know. And then she, the other, never mind. This is a podcast. <laughs> Just totally getting out of your body again. Yeah. Um, was, do we have any, oh yeah, okay, it's Black History Month, and, you know, I don't feel like I've seen any other major gaming, I'm not that saying that we're a major gaming outlet, but any gaming, <laughs> okay, major gaming outlets to, to, uh, be like hey black characters in video games or anything like that i feel like i don't watch a lot of tv so i'm not really sure that black history month outside of like public schools don't really get doesn't really get a lot of attention the only attention yeah. it gets is a bunch of white people being like how come there isn't a white history month and i'm like why does it have to be about you shut up and just let let's have it okay i I don't understand that. It's like, I don't know. I see more people complain about about it rather than just being like, oh, let's be like. It's one month. It's the shortest month of the year. So anyway. Like, calm down. In order. So I thought let's uh, cover some what I think to be significant black characters in video game history. Go for it. So I, uh. Our first character that I would like to bring up is Nilan from Remember Me. Yes. She's, her mother was like 100% black and her father was like a white Frenchman, but they're both French, but it was like, I liked her character a lot and she was uh, a female person of color in like leading a triple A game and I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I liked her character a lot, even though I did question a lot of her moral compass a lot of the time. Yeah. But then at the same time, I guess if you grew up in a society where, like, erasing your memories was no big deal, does she really understand what she's doing? I don't see. I That's what I think. I think that sometimes 
sometimes it's it's hard for it's hard to put your own moral compass on a character that grew up in a really different circumstance from you yeah it's the same thing with like looking at people in other countries and wonder why wondering why they do the things they do it's like but they grew up in a place that's completely different you know yeah like me like looking at somebody with who grew up from a religious background you know we're going to have like different ideas about, you know, things and how the world works just by virtue of how we grew up. So don't get me wrong. What Nolan was doing, I was like, she just kept like doing really fucked up stuff and being like, well, anyway, bye. Yeah. <laughs> we're both like, uh, Nolan, what? What? Did, well, what? what are what's you going doing? On? Like, well, and I, but I, she struck me as kind of like a, Somebody who's in like the bounty hunter mindset. Yes, she. Well, she literally was a bounty hunter. So yeah, but like where they don't stop to really think about exactly what they're doing. They're just like, no, this is what I do to survive, and I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, it's true. And then uh, next one is Clementine from The Walking Dead, and her character development. I'm not sure if I like it or I don't like it. Because I'm all for, like, cute girls turning into badasses. But at the same time, it was such a drastic change. I don't... You know what it is? It's... I think that I just didn't like the writing for season two. I really liked her in season Mm -hmm. one. And I really liked her in season two. But the writing around her, I was like, what the... What are you guys doing? Yeah, I feel like I don't have too much to add to this just because I didn't play season one. So... I don't have too much of a basis of comparison. Well, just to give her her own credit, she, you know, was a lead female protagonist of color in a video game. And Mm -hmm. sorry to bring this up, but Lee from Walking Dead Season 1, he was, like, very different from a lot of lead male characters at the time when that game came out, where he was a little bit more even-headed, but he was also had more character to him. Um, What had happened is, like, the very first thing you find out is that he had killed his wife's lover, and he was going to prison for that, but he was also a college professor, and he wasn't, like... I I don't want to say he wasn't a bad person because he murdered someone, but he was resigned to his fate to a life sentence, pretty much. And then I guess Mm -hmm. the zombie apocalypse kind of gave him a second chance. And the first person he sees who isn't a zombie after he goes through an accident is Clementine. And Clementine is like the person he protects all throughout the first season. Like he sacrifices everything for her. And he protects her. And, you know, he gives plans for her and hope. And I think at the end, him dying was always something that was going to happen because Clement... Spoilers for season well, one. It's, it's been like four years. <laughs> I know, I so, know. I'm just joking. Him dying for her, like, that was his second chance. I mean, he was already resigned to die before the, even the zob- zombie apocalypse happened. I mean, I don't think he had the death sentence, but he, he was going to get life in prison. Well, I think that was his way of probably making up for his mistakes. Yeah. Like a life for a life type thing. And he, you can choose to not be, not lie about who you used to be. You can tell people, like, no, I killed a man. And then they are kind of taken aback, but then they're like, eh, well, you seem 
seem fine. <laughs> you seem kind of fine, yeah. so. Well, you're here. You're here. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, I liked it, so. Oh, and then Alex Va- Alex Vance from Half-Life 2. But I don't, I, I don't really remember a lot from Half-Life 2, so. <laughs> Sorry. Did you have any characters? Uh, no, I... To be honest, I forgot that we were going to do this section of the podcast, so... Oh, that's okay. Oh, I just remembered Riley from The Last of Us. Oh, yeah, of Ellie's course. Ellie's girlfriend? And, well, and Maureen. Maureen? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked Riley the most. <laughs> well, clearly, because <laughs> of the way that game ends. Yeah, what the um, hell? Well, I guess it has to be canonical. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are definitely others, but there are all they're all like from games that we didn't play. You know, there's things like people like I remember Barrett from Final Fantasy Seven. Oh yeah. Um but I'm looking I'm looking through a list on Wikipedia right now to see if there's anybody else that I I think people's responses to Riley was really ridiculous. It was so... It's just so out there. They're like, um, they're underage. You can't have them kiss. And I'm like... What? I'm like, kids kiss all the time in video games. All the time. Oh my gosh. It's like, just because it was two girls kissing. (laughs) They're underage. There's some sort of, like, weird thing going on. And they were like, they're pushing an agenda. Blah, blah, blah. It's an interracial gay couple. And I was like, whoa, interracial gay couple? What year is it right now that you think this yeah. is a big... Like, it, it was a big deal. you think deal. that's a big deal? It was a big deal well, to do that. But at the same time, like, if your reaction is that, like, what... Where are you from? <laughs> like, what... Yeah. Like, if you're the type of person that's going to look at it and be like, that's a big deal because there's an agenda behind it. I don't like this thing where it's like, oh, we in- they're including diverse characters. That means that there's an agenda. How How is having, like, a female character or a person of color or a gay person, that's an agenda? Really? Or So the only people who aren't an agenda is a male white character? Which is an agenda itself if you that's all your character is. Yeah. I don't know. What the... I mean, technically, there is an agenda because the person in charge of casting and, and creating characters has the idea of, I want to have a diverse cast of characters so that it feels more real and genuine. You know? this burped. Yeah. But it's sad that that has to be considered an agenda, you know? I'm just saying it technically because, is, but it's not like... Well, no. I know that it technically is, but when you think about it, it's like... So having only white people for the longest time wasn't an agenda? No. It's just of a different not. agenda. <laughs> yeah. I hate it when people are like, "Well, a lot of like video games come from Japan. They start Asian people like Final Fantasy." I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> All those people like I don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Yeah. Um is there anything else? Um, no, I think I think that's everything I wanted to go over for today. Okay, sorry that I was kind of so- like spacey today, guys. I'm I'm getting progressively sicker as 
as as as the podcast goes yeah. on. Excellent. <laughs> so, but thanks everybody so. for being here. Uh, you know where to find us. Duh. Yeah. Mari, you can find on Twitter and Tumblr at Geek Remix, and I am at Geek Remix a lot on Twitter and Tumblr. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should have a spoiler what? cast of coming out on top with Laura. Oh my god. Yes. Okay. But we have to play through more of the endings first. Yeah. Or get an ending. <laughs> get something. Yeah, just, just get But on the friendship ending, which is the biggest bullshit ever. <laughs> We're playing a gay romance sim, and we get the fr- the friendship ending. Well, you know, and we forgot that we could rewind time. I know. It's, the game's like, yes, you can always rewind all your decisions to, like, fix it if you fuck up. And instead, we end up going through and fucking up everything, rewinding nothing, and ending up alone. I'm kind of glad that we went on that crazy date, though. Which one? Oh, yeah, the one where we got kidnapped. Yeah. We gotta yeah, go on more of those dates. Nuts. I wanna see what that's about. Alright, okay. Bye guys. Bye!